Welcome back to Play Tessie, episode 20.5, an emergency podcast for Chris Sale, because this is the official podcast of saying goodbye to loved ones. He's not dead, but he certainly is not going to be forgotten uh, at about, I got to pull up the passing tweet, because uh, I want the exact time, I want the exact reference, that's what we owe Chris Sale in all of this. Uh, so at exactly 2.08 p.m. in the afternoon on December 30th in the waning days of 2023, which was a miserable year for the Red Sox, Boston fans said goodbye to Chris Sale in a tweet from Jeff Passan that said, Breaking, the Atlanta Braves are acquiring seven-time All-Star and one-time World Series champ. You left that out, Jeffy. Chris Sale in a trade with the Boston Red Sox sources tell ESPN, well-regarded, infield prospect Vaughn Grissom in return to Boston, which will send money with sale, which I believe 17 million. Am I correct on that? Yep. You're right on Brady. Uh, and no trade clause for sale was signed or waived. Sorry. Um, kind of rude of the Red Sox keep doing this to me while I'm up in um, Burlington on vacation. I just want to preface it with that. Uh, last night it was the signing of Lucas Giolito. We ended up not doing anything right away. Ended up being the good thing to do because now we have even more news to talk about. Uh, it sucks. We're going to do a little bit of coping here. It sucks that Chris Sale is going. Chris Sale gave absolutely everything to not just the Red Sox, but the city of Boston. I think a lot of fans are going to be a little bit heartbroken on this. I think a lot of fans are going to be questioning the whole, well, we need starting pitchers. Why are we dishing out Chris Sale? And maybe they're forgetting about the last two years of dealing with Chris Sale and some of the injuries that he had. But in the long run, what Craig Breslow just did is something that Heim Bloom could never do and something that we should really appreciate. And I think we will appreciate as time goes by. I don't want to say this is a good deal right now. I think it's way too early to, to say that. We don't know how Grism will be. He's right now, as Chad Jennings reported, slated to be the starting second baseman for the Red Sox moving into the new year. But again, the Red Sox still need two starting pitchers because they added a starting pitcher yesterday on Friday night with Giolito. That's one tick of the box of the two starting pitchers that we were told that was needed. Then we subtracted one. But there's a whole lot of money cleared now for the Red Sox. Chris Sale was taking up a whole lot of part, a whole lot of that payroll. And they now are $36 million below the first tax threshold, threshold $56 million below the second tax threshold, that is a whole lot of room to get uncomfortable, but also become comfortable with your rotation. And guys, I like, like I said, I'm I'm pretty conflicted on where to feel. I don't want to put my foot on one side already. But how are you feeling after all this? Poop, I'm going to push back on one thing you said. I'm going to declare this a good deal. Right oh. here. How could it not be? You, the, even if Vaughn Grissom, who, by the way, the Red Sox will have on a rookie deal for six years, even if he stinks, still, you cleared money, you got some clarity, and you can take a shot on this Grissom kid. And I can't believe that Craig Breslow pulled this off. And as we know, last year, uh, Bloom was working on a similar trade, walked away from it, whatever the rumors are. <laughs> Breslow got it done. This is a 10 out of 10. Like, There's no downside to this. This is awesome. I'm, I'm thrilled about it. As much as I love Chris Sale, one of weirdly, I know people are going to give me crap for this. One of my favorite Red Sox pitchers ever. I love the the bulldog attitude, and it kills me that he wasn't able to stay on the field. 
Um, but he said everything right. He never, ever made an excuse. I know people got tired of it. I got tired of hearing it, but nothing but good things to say about Chris Hill. I'll always be a fan, and I wish him the best in Atlanta. But for Boston, let's go, boys. This is a big step in the right direction. Yeah, Sammy, I, I'll, I'm not, I don't want to push back because that's the wrong way to put it. I'm just I'm not as in as you are yet because I think so much of this trade is about what's next because they're saving $10 million here or $10.5 million here. They are filling the second base hole and Chad Jennings is reporting that Vaughn Grissom is going to be the starting second baseman. And in all of the projections I was putting together about potential rosters, like I, I go nuts with this stuff. I like try to think of every scenario and every scenario I could think of had them either signing with Merrifield for a reasonable amount of money or trading for like a Jorge Polanco or a Brandon Drury. And all those guys were making like 10 mil. And so now you don't have to fill that. That's on a minimum contract. As you pointed out, they've got a bunch of money left to spend. And of course they now have another rotation hole to fill. If they fill this rotation with, I just, I want to say adequacy. Like you got to, if you fill the rotation, I will not complain. And like, obviously another, another factor is what you do with the, uh, with the other middle infielders you've got down below. But I just, it, it depends on that for me because with Chris sale, when he was on the field, I know it was up and down, but for the most part, when he was healthy, you knew you had a chance to win the game when he was on the mound. And They've got to make sure that the guy who is starting the games that Chris Sale would be starting also gives you a chance to win every single time. They have the money to do it. They've got space, and they shouldn't need space, but they've got the money to do it. I'm curious to see what they do. I'm sure we're going to have like another emergency podcast like in a day because all of their moves are going to get bunched into one like one weekend. It's going to suck, but... Yeah. They don't uh, want Coop and I to enjoy our vacations. Coop's yeah. in Vermont. I'm in Seattle, but they're like, nope. You guys, you guys have been, we've been sitting all off season waiting for them to do stuff. And now you guys are like not in the state and like finally not like just like sitting around waiting for stuff to happen. You're, you're making stuff happen yourselves. I mean, now I'm, we're making moves. I've got Rick Porcello right next door to where I'm staying right now. I can just pop over and be like, hey, man, you want to throw a couple innings this year? Coop. Uh, that fills out the rotation. Coop, would you say that you, is it fair to say that you do love Vermont, but it's the season of the sticks? I think I love it even more when it's the season of the sticks. I actually, so I'm like, I'm without any recording equipment right now. So the odd, I'm, it's bothering me how much the audio is going to suck for people listening. So I appreciate you through this with us. But I mean, like this is episode 20.5. It's what we do for the people. It's what we do for Chris Sale because we own that much. Um, and I was confused for an employee at a bakery this morning. And I would like it to be known that I will be doing everything in my power to move up to Burlington because I just belong here. It that's so That's so perfect. Considering oh, I loved it. I just smiled at the guy. I was like, thank you for the confusion. <laughs> like, like a movie, like a coming of age movie. You look, you're like, hey, thanks. Thanks, man. That's when I figured out everything I need in life. Anyway, yeah, the Red Sox. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I hear you guys. Uh, I'm just looking at this as like no no downside. And for me, if there's a trade with no downside, you do that every time. The one, the one, I guess, bad part is Sale was really good last year when he was on the field. He was, was. like a 3.93 ERA. And as Peter Gammon said on Twitter, if you take out the uh, brutal starts against the Orioles, 
um, even much better numbers. So, oh man, my head is spinning. This is great though. This is what we've wanted. This is what Red Sox fans have wanted. This is a little bit of throttling. I wouldn't say full throttle, but this is a, this is a firm throttle. We're firm throttle. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Sammy. I think even if sale is like back to 2019 sale, it's for one year. You get six years of a, at the absolute worst, super utility guy, Von Grissom. He fills your hole at second base. You don't add salary. You actually shed salary while adding a second baseman. The big thing here is you kind of have some blockage in the middle infield for the next four to five years. This does open up an indirect avenue to moving Rafaela, if you consider him a shortstop, I think he's better in center. But Rafaela, York, and Marcelo, man. Like, I think not only did you plug a hole, you shed money. It opens up so many avenues. Free agency-wise with the extra money, it opens up trading from your surplus now. It was it was a surplus before. It's even more so now of young outfield and infield talent. I, I don't see how this trade goes sideways in any way, shape, or form for the Red Sox. I, I that's what like that's the part that like scares me though is like it is so open-ended and there are so many things that the Red Sox can take from this and really carve out their future with it that like that little bit of anxiety like scares me but in the long run like the amount of money that they have cleared and what they can actually do on the market I mean like I a couple of days ago we were ruling out Jordan Montgomery Jordan Montgomery is a very real possibility in my mind now just because of how much money they have to work with is it the smartest thing to do? Possibly because you can lock them down for a good amount of time and allow your the prospects that are down there right now to mature and eventually be playing, taking up runs for Jordan Montgomery as he finishes out his career. Like I, I don't like how much I'm buying into that because of how much I've been scarred the last few years by this team. But I I'm gonna be popping out. I, I've I've got things to tend to with the girlfriend for the rest of my trip up here in Vermont. So I just want to say, no one go after sale no one say he's a bad teammate i know that the same people that say dust pedroia was a bad teammate because he didn't and it's funny that it connects to this because sale was the guy that ended up throwing at machado um but the whole like they threw at him it wasn't me like people always point to that as labeling chris sale as a bad teammate or labeling pedroia as a teammate i feel like there's going to be people that are just like chris sale stayed too long he was a bad contract at the end the Red Sox do not win 2018 without Chris Sale. Like yeah. that, it, no shot. That needs to be said. There is not a fourth championship being hung up in the 20th century without Christopher Allen Sale. The way that he was able to come up in any spot that Alex Cora asked him to that year, and really after the fact. I mean, he, the the amount of roles that he has taken up with this team, whether that be a starter, as a relief at time, and then closing out a World Series, like. The guy is the ultimate Boston mentality of what you want as, out of athletes here. And like, I, I will give that guy flowers forever. I tweeted out, I'm going to root for him in Atlanta. If it comes down to Atlanta being the only team in the playoffs that I have to root for, I'm going to be blue to every start that he has because Same. I just want success out of him. He's going to be a Red Sox forever. And I want that to be his legacy. And, and that's the very least that he deserves. He deserves 10 years from now coming back to celebrate in 2028 and having a standing ovation. He deserves, I, I don't, I won't say he deserves to be in the Red Sox hall of fame. I think you might need to do a little bit more for that, but he is someone that is ingratiated with the city of Boston now. And I, 
I appreciate everything that he did. I, I mean, like, I really can't like, just like it's speechless, like how much, like I appreciate what he was able to do. And I wish him the very best in Atlanta, but the future is now, I think very bright for Boston. I like how fast things have flipped within two, 24 hours for, for fans of the team and for people that cover it like this, I think will be an exciting 2024. Uh, and that, those are my final words on on the Red Sox in 2023. It is optimism. We are going to be having a, a you guys will continue to talk here. I, I someone give a toodaloo, please. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we got you, Coop. Oh, yeah, and and very it, well yeah. said. Very well said on the sales stuff. I, th I, thought I appreciate that. You well boys said. take it from here. Talk about how Grism is going to be a great second baseman for the team. Uh, and, and that home run that he teed off on, Gordo, I heard you were in the Coop, park. I like how you pronounce his name. I like how you say Grism. Grism. Grizzly, the grizzly bear. I don't know if you guys see. All right, this is what is happening. Yeah, no, my computer is passing out. This is this is me saying I need to tune out. So, guys, I will catch you later. And uh, to everyone else, toodaloo for now, but there's still a lot more to listen to. Peace. So, one thing I want to, uh, Gordo, before you uh, jump in, uh, I think it, it might have been Carabas, but one of my favorite comments I ever heard about Chris Sale was when he came out of the bullpen. I think it was the eighth inning of the ALDS against the Yankees in 2018. And he walks out of the bullpen. And I remember the comment was like, this has got to look like the fucking Grim Reaper coming out of the bullpen to the Yankees season. He just all six foot six, like lanky, that freaky, freaky build coming out. And he's just slinging like 98 from his hip. I love Chris Sale, man. I'm going to – great trade, do it every time. But goddamn, I'm going to miss watching that dude pitch because when he's on, whoo, he's on. Yeah. It's it's tough because I just – I know that the last couple of years haven't been what he would want or what any of the fans would want, and it's not due to lack of effort or trying or dedication on his part. But like 2017, 2018 – like those years from Chris Sale, like we forget, like that shit was like Pedro Day for a while. Like Sale Day was as eventful of a day that the Red Sox have had on a rotation basis. Like it was more of an event than Lester. You go, it was more of an event than more of an event than Schilling. Like it, it was, it was Pedro. It was modern Pedro Day, and people forget about that. They let they let their minds get clouded by by the injuries that crept in and what it became. Like he was that guy. Yeah, it was up there with Perez there for sure. Gordo, look at this. <laughs> right on cue. I just took a screenshot of this. So a good friend of mine, Drew, uh, we used to go to Red Sox games all the time back in like 2017 when we were both in Boston. And up until last year, every single day that Chris Sale started, I would text him happy Crystal because he was that good. Even even when he even last year when he wasn't at his best, happy Crystal every single day. Here's the proof. Every single time, happy Crystal, happy Crystal, happy Crystal. So, uh, I don't know how many times I can say it. Love Chris Sale. Yeah. We'll yeah miss you. We're all uh, everything. Sec secondary Braves fans now. So, let me uh, let me pose a question to you guys. Sammy, you alluded to it earlier. Like, first of all, I'm like this. This thing just went down what an hour ago. Like, yeah, we're already know. we're already hopping on. Like, this thing, this pod is probably going to drop before the end of the day. I assume like we'll drop it before it even gets dark. But I'm shook to my core. But 
I can't help but go back and think about, and Sam, you alluded to this before, the full throttle thing. Are we like, like, is this allowed to count? Is is something that doesn't involve them adding money to the payroll? In fact, it involves them subtracting money. Can this constitute even a step towards full throttle? Or is is that just reserved for the moves that have yet to come? I think that they've turned the engine on. The engine is running right now. The engine is running. They're about to shift into drive. This is not throttling. Well, they could shift into drive. Let me tell you, we're not throttling yet. We're on the clutch. We're right there. Like it, it, whatever comes after this could easily decide that. If this ends with like Paxson and Lorenzen, I'm gonna want to die. But I don't think that's what's gonna happen. I think that there's like some bigger shit about to go down. Well, Paxton, Paxton would be really good now. Paxton, no, I do. I think he does yeah, like in my mind. Guarantee right now, especially yeah. after that. Yeah, no, he. I mean, Paxton should definitely not be the second guy you add to the rotation. But as a depth guy, friggin' awesome. Yeah, do that. But there has to be another guy on top of that. I still think, I still think it's gonna be a trade. I think this. Um, let's dive in. Let's well, dive into that. Let's dive into the trade thing because Pat, on. you alluded to it before. Yeah. Uh, they they get Von Grissom here. He's gonna be the starting second baseman. So now you've got two middle infielders locked into place. Trevor Story, I believe, has four years left on his four. deal. Yeah. Four years left on his deal. And Grissom locked in for six. Obviously, like if he doesn't perform, there's no commitment there. But he's locked in for six years. And obviously, the Sox feel highly about him. Otherwise, And they wouldn't have acquired him if they didn't. So that poses the question, with a, with a, with a rotation spot open, and the Red Sox have clearly been discussing trades, and now a middle infield logjam at the big league level. They've got a lot of minor league options that play shortstop and or second base. We've been talking for years about the Red Sox drafting these guys in the first round, whether or first or second round, whether it be Marcelo Meyer, Mikey Romero, Nazan Zanatello this year in the second round. They've got Nick York the year before Meyer. Like these, that doesn't end. Like they've got a logjam here and they could trade from it. So I'm curious for you guys. What do you do from here and does it involve that logjam? Yeah, I think first off, before we delve into that, Chris Clegg from Sox, Sox Specs had has seen Von Grissom extensively in the minors. Direct direct quoting his tweet. I've followed Grissom and seen him live since he was drafted. It's funny to see people try to say he sucks. He's not going to be a huge power bat, but Gwinnett, which is the Braves AAA stadium, is one of the worst AAA parks for home runs. The contact is legit, and he can provide some on the some speed on the bases. Solid deal for both sides. Also, he immediately shut down the rumors that he sucks defensively. He said he's yeah. a true athlete, and defensively at short, he's not great. He should have no problem playing second base. Love that. So knowing that you potentially have a six-year solution at second base, story locked up for four, I don't see in – any way shape or form why you'd be apprehensive about trading everyone not named marcella meyer including nick york but if there is a bigger fish out there whether it be a kirby a gilbert lozardo any of those guys i think they have to be a lot more comfortable dealing marcella knowing that they do kind of have that pipeline and someone already up for six years so i don't want to say that i think marcello is going to be traded because i don't if i had to guess i'd say Pretty firmly, I don't think he's going to be traded, but it's definitely an option. Who would you guys 
be okay trading him for? Just off the top of your head. And it doesn't have to be a one-for-one. One. I'm just saying if Marcelo is the centerpiece for a trade, um, who do you want? My guy, I've said it 32 times, is Lozardo. want to hear from you guys. George Kirby. George Kirby. George Kirby's gonna be like Marcelo and Anthony. He's 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 yeah, like and I'm out. I'm out of that. That's no, like training for Yamamoto. That. He's the same age as Yamamoto, but he's already had a lot of MLB success over his first two years. He's got the lowest walk rate in the entire sport. That's gonna I think cost. You're right. That's gonna I think cost. You're right. Like, yeah. yeah, I think, I think you're right. It probably would, but, but if you. there's a path for it to not, like if you could go Meyer and then one of your young outfielders, you include you know one of your swingmen, even if it has to be. Cutter Crawford, who I think is really good. Like, I don't know. There could be a path. If there's not, and it has to be two of the big three, yeah, I'm out. But you've you've opened up the door to discuss Meyer trades. And, and if you're not discussing Meyer trades, like if Meyer doesn't go, York has to go. Like there's just, you don't have room for these guys in even to play in AAA because you've got Valdez. Like I don't, Valdez isn't going to get, regular opportunities at second base. Now he's going to be playing that in triple a, like you have to do something here. Something's going to happen. Like maybe we should be looping Valdez into these, into these, I don't want to say rumors because it's not rumors, but into these discussions, like even if it's just, and I know Valdez is like the third most highly touted of the three, even if it's a small trade with him, like you just don't have the room to operate. And uh, Pat, to add on to your point about that uh, scouting report, just a, uh, a couple of the more basic stats. Last year, Grissom in AAA played 102 games, had some big league time too, but in AAA, he had 330 with a 921 OPS. So in a home run deficient yeah. ballpark. So like obviously we know AAA stats don't translate to the bigs. Bobby Dahlbeck hit a gazillion homers, and like we all know that's not going to translate. But but he's had big league success too. He like the year before. In 2022, major league games, he played 41 big league games for the Braves, hit 291, 792 OPS. He had an absolute nuke in his big league debut at Fenway Park that I was at. That thing went way over the monster. First, first major league home run ever that you saw. That was Von Grissom's first home run ever, and it was over the monster. Is that his debut? That's symbolic or what? Dude, it was meant to be. We got to get this guy in the pod. Well, actually... He's already our friend. If you think about yeah. it, well, we we got to get him on the pod. I don't know. I don't know if he speaks English. If he doesn't, we can get a translator. We got to get him on. Uh, isn't he from the U.S.? Oh, is he? I uh, let me see. He was born. Oh, yeah, he's from Florida. Let's go. Let's get him on. God, Gordo. Yeah, no, he he. Um, I'm just messing with you, but he. Uh, I I can't. I didn't even think of this name as an option. Like I can't even. No, not I at can't all. Believe, first of all, what are the Braves doing? I know they have yeah, this weird. And I know they have like a treasure trove of assets, but like six years of Von Grissom for one year of mid thirties, Chris sale. Like, I I mean, I guess this is what you do when you're like a contender contender. So um, yeah, man, I, 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 I guess I get it from the Braves point of view, but man, like I feel really good as a Red Sox fan. I don't know how Braves fans are feeling. Oh, I'm sure they're excited. Chris sales, a huge name, but still yeah. no, to your point, like right before this trade goes down, if there's one guy like that can kind of not really, but he kind of does compare to Chris Sale is Frankie Montas, who yeah. has been very injured for basically two years now and good when he's pitched, but can't stay on the field. He just got a one year, $16 million deal from the Cincinnati Reds. The 
Braves are getting Chris Sale for one year, ten and a half million. So yeah. you're you're saving yeah. five and a half million from Montas to Sale, sure. But as you see, you're giving up six years of Von Grisham, and I know he's blocked there. That's like that's still a pretty big price to pay. It's also like a big trade piece they could have used for something. I mean, better than Sale for ten mil. He I was mean, in. He was in their offers for Cease. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they're out on Cease now with this. Yeah. Have to gonna be. go to the uh I bet he's gonna go to the Orioles now. That's yeah. a topic for the, another day. Also another topic for another day. Montas to the Reds. That's so smart. I love yeah. that for I do too. And I'm glad he's um, not going back to the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, good. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys want to move on to uh the other big move that happened? Oh yeah, man. All the right, other so big move. Hit it. Lucas Giolito to the Red Sox, two years. $38.5 million with an opt-out, a player opt-out after the first year. Jeff Passan broke the news on Friday evening, and it was the first semblance of semi-throttling that we've seen from the Sox. And we, of course, had to break down all the sales stuff first, but Lucas Giolito is no slouch, and uh, I want to give you guys a shot first. Uh, give me your quick thoughts on Giolito to the Sox. Well, I think, so, of course, the initial reaction is you're going to look at his 4.88 ERA and say it's bad, which I am not denying. However, like we talked about last episode, he was absolutely dealing in the first half of uh, 2023 for the White Sox. He went through some personal issues, um, and we dive deeper on this in the last episode. So if you want to hear more about that, check out episode 20. Uh, the way I look at this is, it fills a need. The Red Sox, it fills two needs, actually. The Red Sox needed multiple starting pitchers. They also need a way to keep the bullpen from burning out. And I think that of the available pitchers, maybe other than Montgomery, Giolito is the best at logging innings. Is he the best pitcher? Not even close. But he'll log innings. I mean, he was in the 180s last year. That's exactly what the Red Sox need. If you followed the team in 2023, you probably remember the bullpen burning out in August-ish, mid-August, which really contributed to the downfall of the team. They actually they actually could have finished with like a respectable record, I feel, if they had one more innings eater just to keep the bullpen fresh. I can't fathom how many meltdown games they lost the last two months. So am I thrilled? Not thrilled, but I do like the move. It's exciting. It's an upside play. And like I said, it fills one or two needs, however you want to look at it. So good move. Step in the right direction. Yeah, I think um, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. And we, when the rumors came out that they were interested, we kind of talked about it. But there's so much, regardless of ERA, there's so much value in having somebody who can consistently give you six with like good innings. Not going to go out there and throw six shutouts, strike out 12. If every day Lucas Giolito can go out and give you six innings of two to three run baseball, you have a chance to win every single time he's on the mound. On top of that, in every full season he's played, he's averaging right about 29 starts and 175 innings. There's not one person on that Red Sox team last year who did that. There's value there, and that's if he is who he is, never mind getting back to who he was. There's value there. Two-year deal, it's a it's a pillow contract, but 
you get the one plus one. If he deals next year, you run into a walk a situation where he probably walks, but you can slap the qualifying offer on it. Yes, you yeah. recoup it. That's the key. That's the the qual that yeah. that factor. The fact that he was traded last year and does not have a history does not has not gotten the qualifying offer in the past. Huge. Look at look at some of these like say Lucas Giolito like got hurt in the first month of the year and missed the rest of the season. Like I'll I'll reference the Frankie Montas contract contract again. He got 16 mil. So how much what does Lucas Giolito have to do to not opt out of that 19 mil? And if he opts out of the 19 mil, he's got to he's got to give up 42 home runs again. Yeah. Yeah. But like if he's and like I want to say the next highest home run total and uh actually I have it up right here. The next highest home run total that he had given up in a season outside of last year was 27. So something okay. was up, man. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that he was yeah. he was way off last year and it all coincided and this is not a complete, you know, mulligan for how bad he pitched down the stretch, but like I don't know. You guys, you guys have probably had bad breakups in your life. Now imagine it's marriage and it's public. That's got to. And then you get traded twice. You get shipped across the country twice. Not only do you get traded, you're already on a very publicly dysfunctional White Sox team. You get traded to another dysfunctional team in Anaheim, and then you get sent to fucking Cleveland. Right. (laughs) Like that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. The entire time because you just had a nasty breakup and you. I don't know the background, but it was public, which makes it even worse. So yeah, it's also it was... not that old. He's like, he he was twenty eight at the time. Like that's not a like a seasoned adult who's like I can handle this. I'm in my mid forties. Like he's still young, man. So I I I'm really gonna be rooting hard for Giolito. He seems like a good dude as well. So he's also friggin' huge. He's like same height as Chris Sale, but like looks like a starting pitcher. Yeah, he looks like a starting pitcher. I can't get over the weird thing he does. He's a big boy. His wrist thing when he pitches. With a glove. I like noticed that in the pictures. It's weird. I've it never seen a guy with his hand like it's like the reverse of Mariano Rivera, who was like tuck the glove in. Giolito's like kind of looks like a it, like a, a duck wing. It looks, it looks like, like a, a duck breaststroke. Wing. Like he like swings it out and then Yeah, weird. he loves big uh fan of boobs, Lucas Giolito. So <laughs> But Sammy, to your to your point, that obviously all of those factors you just laid on out there, plus his obvious history of being a really good pitcher and the fact that he was a really good pitcher in the first half of last year, obvious bounce back potential. If he bounces back even a little bit, he's going to turn down that option. If he turns down that option, the qualifying offer next year is probably going to be worth around $21, $22 million. It's only a few more million than that option. You offer that right up. And guess what? For a year and 19-ish million dollars, you've now gotten a year of Lucas Giolito and a draft pick, or you could sign him to an extension. But I like the possibility of him bouncing back a little bit, you getting that draft pick, and then there's a whole hunk. There's like a, there's like seven aces, all free agents next year. You take yeah. the draft pick you get for Giolito, and now you're sending it to the Brewers because you signed Corbin Burns, or you're sending it to the Dodgers because you signed Walker Bueller. Like there's, It opens up so many doors for what you can do next year, and that's not even to mention... The upside it gives you this year. Yeah, so uh, interesting tidbit. Uh, along with the personal stuff with Giolito, one uh, more like statistical kind of reason that you could uh, pinpoint for his decline, his spin rate, and this might coincide with uh, the sticky stuff ban, his spin rate went way down over the last few seasons. He was 
Here are the numbers from Red Sox stats. In 2019, he was 69th percentile, then 71st in 2020, then 77th in 2021. Then the sticky stuff ban happens, and he drops to 35th percentile, and then even lower last year, 33rd. So I actually asked a few people but didn't get an answer. What do you do to recoup your spin rate without using spider tack or like Cheat. snot or something? But like, but really, there's got to be because because that's taught nowadays. Like guys like Bryce Miller on Seattle, the spin doctor. There's got to be some way. So this this here, and I, I hate to keep banging this drum because everyone's doing it. This is where you see what Andrew Bailey can do with a pitcher. Yeah, this absolutely. is a perfect perfect example. This isn't like turn Garrett Whitlock into an ace. This is revitalize a guy who has received Cy Young votes three times. That's the perfect toy in the playpen for Andrew Bailey. And the comforting right. thing with that too is there is that track record with Andrew Bailey. He yeah. turned Kevin Gosman into a legitimate ace where he then got paid by the Blue Jays. He took in Carlos Rodon and only built off of how good he was in Chicago. He leaves, gets paid. Alex Cobb and Alex Wood Two guys who are kind of like middling back end starters have had great years in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. There, if there's something there that can improve, it seems as though Bailey has the expertise and ability to identify and improve that. Disclosure too. Exactly. Yeah. Also, yeah, I mean, yeah. to be fair, to be fair, playing in San Francisco, that is a I don't Big know. Ballpark. It helps. Yeah. It Gigantic. Helps. It's also freezing cold. And windy. People don't realize that about San Francisco. They oh, it's so weird. Freezing cold at that ballpark. You're right on the water, and okay. it's like it's like 50, but windy 50. So it feels like 30. Sammy, I went to San Francisco last year for that series, and I was told by a couple people that I know that live there, yeah, like it's kind of chilly. But like you might want to pack like a sweatshirt or something. So I packed one sweatshirt, and I wore that sweatshirt every second of every day that I was there. Yeah, it, it's cold. it is really cold. It, like you think I've you're ever... going to California? <laughs> no. Right? Yeah. yeah, no. It's it's um, yeah. I mean, it's not like being in Boston in the winter, but if you're playing baseball and you got short sleeves on or you're sitting in the crowd, it's it's like it's, being it's Fenway. It's July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's not. I, I don't want to totally diminish what you guys said about Bailey because it, it's true. He did. Uh, he did it. Turn these guys around, and a lot of the guys he turned around, like Webb, uh, Disclafani, who am I? Oh, Cobb. Um, those are all like ground ball guys. So who really cares about the the big ballpark if you're talking about that? Uh, and luckily, you got a sick defender at shortstop now if you're the Red Sox. You got Trevor Story, and then I think Vaughn Grissom. I know he's a below average shortstop, but the, he's moving over to second. I bet he'll be, be at probably, least average. He'll be average, which is fine. You can live with that when you got a stud over at short and hopefully a vacuum cleaner at first. Endeavors, mm, not a great, but... Yeah, man, this is good. This is good. I'm feeling good for the first time in a while about the Boston Red Sox men's baseball team. Yeah, and I've got a another another point I wanted to make. Uh, think back to last year, 2023, watching the Red Sox. Think about all the guys we had start games. Obviously, you had all the openers, so you got that. You've got Chris Sale and James Paxton, who the Red Sox had to limit because they were afraid of injury concerns. Then you had Brian Bayo, Cutter Crawford, Garrett Whitlock, Tanner Houck, who were all limited because they're young, inexperienced arms, and in a couple of their cases, also injury prone. Most, almost every single game, except for the games 
where Nick Pavetta was going out there and being your bolt guy or starting, almost every game, Alex Cora had to sit there and monitor pitch counts and baby these guys. And like, oh, it's the fourth inning and they're at 75 pitches. What do we do? Fifth inning, they're at 80-something pitches. What do we do? Now you've got a guy who, even at his worst, as you said, Pat, is going to eat innings. You don't have to worry about him at 100 pitches. Like, he can he can go up over 100 pitches. Like, he's going to get you six. He's going to get you seven. There's going to be times where he gets you eight. Like, we didn't see that at all last year. And now now the sale, I put that thought together in my mind before the sale trade. Now you have to say, now Chris Sale has been traded. Gives you an, a chance to add maybe another starting pitcher who potentially you don't need to do that with. Cora preached innings, innings, innings as something this team needed. And it feels like that's the path they're going down. And I hope that they keep going after guys that either have upside or are already there. Because the one thing they needed was a guy who could eat innings and had upside. And that's what Lucas Giolito is. He's a guy who eats a bunch of innings and he's got ace caliber upside. Not saying he's going to be that, but it's on the table. And I like that. That's why I like the move. So um, I feel like we've covered this these two moves plenty. There's one last question before we kind of wind down. There seems to be one last lineup spot to fill, and that would be the kind of like DH slash platoon fielding role that Justin Turner was in last year. Who do you guys think? I think that let me lay out the options, the logical options. Turner, Teoscar Hernandez are probably the leading candidates. Then there's like Jorge Soler. Adam Duvall, I guess. Who else? I feel like that's it. Those are like the main four guys. Any of those stand out to you? Who just you said? Solaire, Turner, Teo, Soler, Scott, who? Turner, Teo, and Duvall. Reese. Oh, Reese. Yeah, Reese oh, Hoskins. Hoskins. Yeah, I yeah, meant yeah. Reese McGuire. It's like, buddy, listen. Like what? Um, which one? Because I, I, I'm still. Were there four? Too. I, I've kind of come down on the Solaire hype that I was really hyped about yeah. uh, early in the offseason. I I feel like the move... Uh, it, I'm torn because I think Teo is going to be the better hitter in 2024, but Justin Turner was so good last year, and how many times have we said it? Vibes matter. And if you don't have your vibe curating leader, where are the vibes going to come from? So I'm I'm thoroughly torn like, do you go with the better player who is going to be under contract for a lot longer, by the way, for more money? Or do you go with the guy who loves the city and was good last year? I don't know. What do you guys think? I think a lot of it's going to depend on, like, player asking price. Like, I think Teoscar, like, I think fit-wise it's perfect. Don't love giving him a fourth year. But if in terms of bang for your buck and not really, really hamstringing you, Payroll wise, I think the fit's there. If you can get Reese Hoskins on like a Giolito one plus one, that is that is the perfect move. That is the move. That lineup gets a lot deeper, a lot faster with Reese Hoskins in there. Not to mention, you can get Casas off his feet just as much as you were, if not more, than when Turner was here. So I think in reality, I do think we do sign Teoscar Hernandez. I think fit-wise and just personal preference, I think I like the Hoskins fit way more than I like the Teoscar Hernandez fit. 
Yeah, because yeah. who's the backup first baseman right now? I feel like it's still Dahlbeck, which is a little alarming. Yeah, I think Probably. so too. And Pablo like, I think yeah, Pablo Reyes technically. Pablo Reyes, they said he could do it. Sweet boy, Pablo. Oh. But yeah, you could do you already got multiple Pat, you kind of swayed me with that. <laughs> maybe, maybe Hoskins. I don't know, man. He looks like a Red Sox guy. He's like how I am, Reese. Hoss, big hoss. <laughs> yeah, he's got a pack of mob bars in the car. He's like 6'4", too. He's a big, big motherfucker. Boy, yeah. Him and Casas just in the middle of the lineup with Devers. Ooh. I don't know, man. They're, the good news is they're all good options. So, I don't know. Gordo, what you do know, you think? My, Pat, the first part of your answer is a big a big thing for me. It's about, like, the fir- first and foremost, it's about the ask. Like, I'm not I'm not too keen on giving Teoscar four years. But I, I like all of them. I think I would probably put Duvall a step under the others. But it really is about about the ask. And like if all of them are asking too much, I would be totally comfortable bringing Turner back. I love Justin Turner. I really don't want them to overlook what losing him is going to mean. But the other the reason I think, assuming you could get him for three years, that I actually weirdly, even as the guy who said Tay Oscar was the guy I would not want the, them to sign at the beginning, I weirdly lean towards Tay Oscar being my favorite just because I think it lines up so much additional so many additional moves or it lines up a key additional move that you could make because you've already done part of that by getting Grissom you've created a log jam in in the middle infield and you have room to trade from your glutton of middle infielders in the minor leagues if you get to Oscar you're gonna have what let's think here you've got Yoshida O'Neal you'd have in this case you'd have to Oscar you have Rafaela you have Abreu who am I forgetting? There's one more. Duran. So you've got Duran. six. Six outfielders right there. So if you start a trade with one of Marcelo Meyer slash Nick York, and then one of those young outfielders will say Duran, Rafaela, Abreu, if you start a trade with one from each of those pockets, that's a hell of a start to it. Like that, now you're starting to ta- target a frontline pitcher, the frontline pitcher that we all think the Red Sox need, and I, I sure as hell hope they think they need. So I think I lean Teoscar for that reason, just because he can play a good defensive outfield too. But if it's not him, weirdly, I think I just lean towards Turner. And I, I love Reese, and maybe I kind of feel equally about that because I just think Reese Hoskins is so good. But I think I think the backup first base thing can come. I think Tristan Casas is going to play a ton of games next year, and it's not that important. But yeah, I agree. That's bottle be filled. I would say that's probably also the easiest position to fill with like a infielder. Like I feel like if you play third, you'll be fine at first. I know it's not the same thing. I played both myself, but the transition's not that crazy. The yeah. one thing I don't totally agree with Gordo is I'm not sold that Teo is a good fielder. Um, well, I'm saying good enough to play. Not, I'm, I'm just saying he's not fair. a DH. You're right. He's yeah. not, he's not a plus fielder. Sure. 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 He's capable. That's fine. He can play left field. You know what's an Hell interesting yeah. thing that nobody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Left field at Fenway, he could easily handle that. I just don't like him in right, but I don't think that's no. where he'd be used. So, um, interesting little tidbit on Teo. <clears throat> Last year, 82nd percentile uh, sprint speed. So he had speed. As well. Yeah. Nobody talks about that. Because they, they, he's like a home run strikeout guy, and you normally don't think speed, but he adds that too. So he gets on base. It's not like a base stealer, but if he's on first and there's a double, he could score. That's, that's big. So, um, yeah, I get it. That's the thing. I'll say it again. Bunch of good options. So whoever they end up with, I'm just hoping it's a reasonable contract term. Don't really care as much about the money. But
but the term, I just don't want it to be, you know, I don't want it to be too long. It's all about what's to come. And we've had a pretty eventful last, what, not even 24 hours. It's like got to be like 16 or 18 hours of yeah. we've had like nothing the entire offseason. And now we just have so much going on. But I, I think that is going to do it for what? Episode 20.5? 20.5. Is this our second emergency pod we've done? Or third? Second, right? Second. First was uh, Verdugo. These feel so good. I love these. These are fun. I We emergency need more podcasts. Emergency. Yeah. They're great because you just kind of like... With the, with with other podcasts, you, you, you've got like the whole day to like kind of gather your thoughts or whatever. Emergency podcast, it's like, get your shit together in your mind and get ready to regurgitate it. Because it's Gordon. on. Before before you uh, toodaloo us out of here, I want to end with a quote from Braves GM Alex Anthopoulos talking about Vaughn Grissom. He said this today. It was tough. One of the harder guys to move. He can flat hit. Tremendous bat-to-ball skills. He's absolutely ready to be an everyday player right now. And Spear goes on to say that Anthopoulos informed Vaughn Grissom that Atlanta felt like it needed to trade for a pitcher. And when he was informed of that, Vaughn Grissom said, I can pitch. And Anthopoulos described himself uh, as incredibly fond of Grissom uh, and someone who he viewed as a really special kid. And Anthopoulos, I think we all agree, is one of the best in the biz when it comes to being a GM. So for sure, uh, big words coming from him. I'm super excited. It, 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 like, this is what I needed. Just maybe it won't work out, but we got some excitement, energy heading into 2024. The year, not the season, still a lot to go, but exciting. I'm feeling good. God, I love that quote. <laughs> I really do. Oh, God. Okay, boys. Episode 20 and a half. You double that, you get 41, which is Chris Sale's number. So we're always thinking on our feet. For Sammy, for Pat, for Coop, who is long since departed, this has been Play Tessie. Toodaloo.